guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio's or the Arsenio's ESL podcast. So grateful to be back. You know what's so frustrating is I just did a full 20-minute podcast and I just realized it went nowhere. The audio wasn't even recording for whatever reason it was. I need to make sure that it always works. Oh my goodness gracious, there's nothing worse than doing something for 20 minutes and it wasn't even working. Oh my goodness gracious. All righty, so anyways, in saying that, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone to see to see the steady climb in which my podcast has grown so much. You know, having the biggest month just last year in May, but seeing the steady climb of consistency all the way up to what it is right now is truly remarkable. I could not be more grateful. I could not be more grateful for everyone out there who is who has been and has been listening to me for a long time and is a big supporter of my podcast because it's just phenomenal beyond belief to see what is happening. And so I just wanted to say from the good graces of my heart, thank you to everyone out there. Iran, Vietnam, Taiwan, Japan, you guys are on fire. You're in front of America right now. And that's to say something. Man, oh man, oh man, I'm just so grateful. So when saying that, people just want to share my love for you. And today we're going to talk about the ups and downs of management. All right, so here we go. Let me break this one down. When it comes to, it's a fact, it's a fact of business life that very few managers ever reach the boardroom. But nowadays we're all encouraged to be leaders, right? And leading from the middle is a lot more challenging than leading from the top. See, as a middle manager, then partway up the corporate ladder, you need to adopt three separate management styles, each requiring very different tactics. Now, me, I don't like the whole managing of people, management thing, or anything like any of that in general, because some companies, they have so many managers, but what are they doing to really attract customers and to help customers and communicate with customers? There are so many obsolete positions out there where you got managers just shuffling a lot of papers, but they're doing nothing to drive home the business, to help the business grow and expand even more. You know, I've been I'm working and training at a company for a while um, out here in Thailand. And it's just amazing because, you know, hearing, you know, the Norwegian, you know, speak about how much they've grown and, you know, they've already increased employees by about 25% on the year. And it just continues to expand more and more. This guy's aspirations are just unbelievable. And it goes to show you so much. But the thing is, you got to have proper managers in place so that they can brainstorm and so that they can inspire and innovate. We're going to be speaking about that a lot coming up. But first, let's break down number one. Manage it down. See, some companies, I'm sorry, some companies are obviously more hierarchical than others. But whilst a command and control approach may occasionally be necessary when dealing with subordinates, those who report to you will generally prefer to be motivated rather than dictated to. What does that mean? See, I'm going to give you a high performance training line right here. People support what they create. If they're motivated and they feel like they are part of the team rather than doing for the team, they're going to be far more uh, they're going to comply with requests. But if you're just dictating to them, do this, do that, do this, do that. I remember on my last day of work, working at some garbage hotel out there in America called the, uh, in Las Vegas called the Venetian. And while I was working there, it was so funny. My last day working there, I was getting ready to go to Australia. This clown 
of a suit. We call them suits because they're very demanding and they dictate a lot and they're very rude. Well, this specific suit pulled me aside and said, hey, Arsenio, you know, when you're in the dental office, what do you need? You got to get your tools. You got to get this. How come you don't have your radio? I'm like, asshole, I didn't even start work. Are you serious? Are you just, oh, you're just being an ass because you know it's my last day. You know I can walk the hell out of here right now. I don't need your, what? I, it was so laughable. I was looking at him. I'm like, all that to just say I needed a radio before I started work. One that I did not go get. And I'm like, are you in that? And that's the type of top down superiority making, oh, making them like making them feel like they're a fool. Although was it even necessary uh, as if someone was trying to contact me and I didn't have my radio? <sighs> that type of ignorance that's called dictation. And with dictation, you're never, and I mean, you're never going to be able to influence your employees. Remember, we talked about that in the previous podcast. Now, you can emphasize how mission critical tasks are, but you need to be able to give them autonomy and do not be slow to praise their work. You know, we all have been there. I've been at that job, as you guys may have heard, where I was working. And guess what? Anytime someone gets a score, anytime something goes well, anytime something amazing happens, those old heads, they never say a word. But I'll tell you right now, those same people, anytime something bad happens, they're quick to jump all over you. Keep that same energy. I want you, if you're an asshole, you better praise me real good. Now, I might just tell you to fuck off, okay? And to just be an asshole, Luckily, I don't work with those types of people anymore, but you understand what I'm saying. I remember there was another time at this tutorial center I've been working at uh, for, what, four years. She was trying to be a dictator, and it was something so trivial, and to her, maybe it wasn't trivial, but it was something ridiculous. Oh, my God, I forgot what it was, and I said, who the hell do you think you're talking? You better get the hell out of my face with that, and I told her. And I said, I don't know who the hell you think you're talking to, but you better watch your goddamn mouth. <laughs> hey, boy, I went very American on her. Don't do not try to minimize me. Do not try to insult me and be condescending. No, you're going to say with that same energy energy. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you. It's so and let me give you another one. I'm gonna give you one last one before I continue. I, uh, I work with some ladies at a, a testing center, right? And at this testing center, I remember they kept telling me, take the TOEFL ITP test. And I'm like, why? So I got a full score on the, what is it? On the listening. I got a full score on the written expression. And I got almost a full score on the reading. Guess what? They never told me that I got a full score. Never. There's never. And, and you know what? what's even more frustrating with those women? That was about two years ago, right? I remember I came and started working at that place in the northeast side of Thailand in a place called Korat, Nakhon Rachasima, right? And while I was working there, okay, there were students that had taken the test more than 50 times. And after learning with me for six hours, three days a week, for just one week, they passed the test. I heard people screaming downstairs at about six at night. I came down after doing some work. I saw two students crying. I said, what happened? They passed the test. I said, you guys weren't going to tell me? You guys aren't going to, and it's so funny because I was looking from that praise from them, like, hey, no offense, no pun intended, but you bitches need to actually say, hey, or say, oh my God, I can't believe it. They said, no, we all did it. They didn't thank me one time. But anytime there was something negative, 
they never said, oh, you got a perfect score. I had to ask for it. And I said, oh, why is it that I'm asking for what score I achieved? Shouldn't you be telling me? You know why? At the beginning of August in 2020, they said, oh, well, you didn't get a perfect score. And we could get teachers or students that had, uh, uh, you know, that got, got a higher score. I said, excuse me? Did you just insult my intelligence in all this time you've been trying to take, you've been telling me to take a test, yet you work for a testing center that's pretty much corrupted out here in Thailand, and you can't get a full score based on the names that I use because I'm doing it from your testing center, yet you are insulting my intelligence saying that I cannot teach unless I get a perfect score in which I am teaching? So a student who gets a better score than me, which is impossible, right? But a student that get, a student that gets a better score than me, you are literally saying that they're a better teacher than me just because they got a better score? Goodbye. I quit right there. I quit right there. And it was the funniest thing ever. If you look at everything that I've created, and I'm so glad I quit because obviously I've created my own courses online. You guys see that all, all the results from my students. And obviously you don't want people to put you in a box and to say that you're not good enough based on whatever perception they hold of you. All right. And so that's my nice little rant. If you're a manager and if you're someone of power and you're always pointing out the negative, 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 negative. I remember I used to walk in that place. First and foremost, I hated the neighborhood because there was always loud music at night. I hated how dusty it was. I hated how hot it was. I walk into the door. I got two old ass, not old ass women, but very narrow-minded, secular mindset women looking at me. No one says hello. All they do is complain, hated the students, hated everything about that place. And I finally gave it up and said, fuck the money, I'm out of here. And it was the greatest thing I ever did. Work for people who actually get praise. You gotta get positive reinforcement. And I understand that a lot of people are under pressure and your teams are working under pressure. But if you're a manager, Nonverbal communication, even a touch on the soldier, uh, on the shoulder, one fortieth of a second. It's been scientifically proven that in most cultures, it increases people's willingness to what comply with the request. Managers, bosses, hear me the fuck out. Excuse my French. Number two, manage it sideways. See, before trying to persuade your peers, make sure you've built a good working relationship with them first. Okay, so of course. You don't want to abuse your friendship, okay? And what does that mean? Well, if you say, owe me a favor, and you say, and, and this is what I totally disagree with, do not be that person that says, and to remind the other person, remember the last time I helped you? That's called manipulation because you never did it from the good graces of your heart. Can you imagine? This is, let me, let me even help you even further. If you have friends who keep count, defriend them, if they keep count of the good things or whatever it is, or, oh, I paid this or this, that, or this, that, defriend them immediately. No and ifs or buts. If you got counters, get them out of your life. Those are the same people who are always going to hold you to the fire, but they never hold themselves to the fire. Zero accountability. If I ever had a friend who said, oh, remember when I did this for you? I'll tell you what. Here's your $10, fuck off. Don't ever come back into my life again. I'm so quick. And some people would say, Arsenio, that's very brutal. But I, this is why I don't attract those types of people in my life, nor do any of, uh, nor do a lot of people say, who are your friends? Well, all my friends are from childhood. 
I don't have just a whole bunch of friends roaming around. It's better to have five closely tight-knit friends or some growth friends. But even when I had growth friends about two years ago, they end up, those are purposeful relationships. They come for a short time, maybe three, six, nine, 12-month increments, and then they're gone. My friends are, listen, I have deep relationships with everyone. So I consider everyone to be a friend. I don't feel like, oh, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. God damn it, what are you talking about? Baby, I am just, I'm the universe. I'm literally all elements of the universe. So when saying that, I would never hold someone to the fire and say, oh, well, remember what I did for you last year? Loyalty comes with an expiration date. If you're keeping count, get your shit and get the hell out of my face. Please do that. Okay, let's keep it going. Consistency. You got to be consistent with your behaviors. And this is why I don't believe in flattery. See, flattery here in Thailand, they say, ooh, lo mak, ooh, soy mak. See, that right there is insincere flattery. See, out here in Thailand, if someone comes up to me and says, ooh, you're very handsome, I hurry up and look for my wallet. Oh, shit, motherfucker, where's my money? What the hell you want? Because I know that that doesn't happen out here. Now, in America, if I were to wear these beautiful pants that I got tailor-made or anything that I have, as, as I was on the BTS, uh, what is it, six years ago, going to an interview where this lady was going to pay me less just for being black. No bullshit. Korean lady language center out here. No offense. Love you, Koreans. Mwah. But just giving you the details, right? This guy tapped me on the shoulder on the train that day and said, mm, looking very sharp. That was one of my people. He was an American. But if a Thai girl comes up to me in this country... The color, the caramel frappuccino, we're talking latte color that I am. And she says, damn, you handsome. How are you? I'm going to look at her and say, what, what the hell is this? What do you mean? No, no, seriously. What? No one in nine years has ever come up to me and say, you're handsome. What the hell do you want? Unless it's some ridiculous ass red light district that I accidentally ended up just walking into. You better get out of my face. <laughs> insincere flattery. I do not agree with that. Do not do that in the workplace or in your personal life. See, in America, for the most part in America, we're very sincere in very rude ways too. You know, my, my African-American folks, they are quick to say, oh, your, your, your pants got a little small mark on it. Or, ooh, your shoe is just, you know, there's a little small, little centimeter of a scratch. Or, ooh, that sock is just a centimeter smaller than the other. They're real quick with that but I want you to be consistent with your behavior. That same negativity, you better be positive too. But again, luckily I do not have people around me like that. But in your workplace, you know who someone is with the consistency of their behaviors. If they're an asshole, 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 and then they end up being very nice, something's wrong. Call them out. Now, let's go into managing up. See, subordinates, it's very difficult. Now remember, people support what they create. You're going to have to influence your boss by putting yourself in their shoes. And you're going to have to see it from their perspective. Because again, if your boss is cost conscious, meaning he likes to save money, you have to look at it from that point of view. If he's customer centric, which most should be, you have to focus on improving client services or product benefits. So if you have a boss that's like, oh, okay, you know, we need to focus on the customer journey, like Ikea. Amazing, right? You go in, you eat. You get a cart, you walk through the entire store. At the very end, you get very fast checkout, amazing people. You get some gummy bears, you go home and you say, oh my God, that entire journey is amazing. That's why Ikea is one of the best. So when we look at the company that I'm training at right now, how 
can you be better with your customers? You got to set that intention, not the outcome, the intention. Intention first, people second, outcome third. So in saying that, how can you stand out from the competition? Ikea does a great job in comparing themselves with uh, Lazy Boy. My competitor, who's the competitor of uh, Lazy Boy and the others, I'm like, how can you stand out from your competition? It's not just lower price. And what if people, what if you did not respond to an email within the allotted time that you said that you were going to get back to them within the hour? What's going to happen with that relationship? They might go to the competitors. And that's exactly what I had told uh, with the lady that had originally hired me uh, just yesterday. Appeal to uniqueness. And again, giving them that perspective from views of other authorities. You got to have data from the, the, the reliable expert sources saying, well, I mean, if we look at their sales over the last year after they implemented this, look at this. If we do this and we extrapolate that, meaning put it into a pattern, this would be the result. You know, unfortunately, managers do love a lot of outcomes, right? You got to be able to show them outcome, outcome, outcome. But if you think about it from the intent, from their perspective and put yourself in their shoes, you would be able to influence them. So in saying that, we're going to be listening to audios in the next podcast, okay, in terms of what phrases you could use to manage down, manage up, and the different influencing tactics as well as the up and downs of managing. All right. So with that being said, thank you so much. This was the second podcast of this specific episode I did. It has been fully recorded. I'm very happy. And with that being said, people, you better stay tuned for more over and out.